Have you ever wondered why you aren't getting the results, relationships, or life that you want, or why some of your clients run into the same problems? I'm certified life coach, Lindsay Pullman, and I'm here to tell you that there's nothing wrong with you. There's just more to understand about the multifaceted beauty of the human body. I believe that being trauma-informed is an essential standard of care for coaches, and I'm here to support life coaches who recognize that there is so much more than mindset work when it comes to supporting ourselves and our clients responsibly. So glad you're here. Come on in. Hello all, so glad that you're here today. I am talking to you about self-gaslighting, different types of self-gaslighting, why I think it's important, where it oftentimes comes from, so that you can be onto yourself as you're changing your unique homeostasis every time as we evolve into new planes of being and existing, our homeostasis doesn't wanna be shaken up. And oftentimes it can sound like phrases or terminology that are very self-gaslighting that keep us frozen and silent and hidden and stuck in places that we don't want to be in the long run. Okay. And so what I want to talk to you about today is I'm going to first talk to you about what gaslighting is. And then I'm going to, you know, give you some different examples of gaslighting. And then I'll talk about self-gaslighting, why it's so common in our world today, especially with a lot of the women that I coach why it matters to be able to pick up on this with respect to yourself so that you can heal and continue to heal and notice any of these behaviors as they come up on your healing journey. So gaslighting is a technique that people use to manipulate. And the way that we normally think about it is that it's done in romantic relationships. And generally, gaslighting is something done to make a person disbelieve their own experience of something happening. The term comes from this film that was made in 1944 called Gaslight, and it follows this woman through emotional manipulation by her husband. And the husband orchestrates different things in the house to disappear or noises or gaslights that dim and brighten, and then he denies that it's happening. The effect is for her to lose touch with reality or what she knows to question. And so now that term is used more broadly to describe a person treating another in this way. Now, one definition says that it means purposely making someone doubt their truth, creating a lack of self-trust or a feeling of being crazy, or a form of emotional abuse where a person attempts to control perception. And, you know, in a more extreme sense, it can undermine a person's grip on reality. In more mild forms, it can undermine someone's trust in themselves and their own experience. To me, it's all damaging. And one thing that comes to my mind when I see this idea that it means purposely making someone doubt their truth. That doesn't always mean that it's conscious, the perpetrator or the person doing the gaslighting. They may not consciously be doing that. They may just be repeating what was modeled to them in some way that they internalize. Okay. Another thing that I think is really important is talking about how gaslighting can happen in familial dynamics. So we're going to talk about gaslighting and how it's happening in these different relationship dynamics. And as I do that, it's going to make so much more sense to you why you may self-gaslight a lot or your clients may self-gaslight a lot as well. This is not coaching 101. We're going on a different, more grad school level. And it's so important that we are willing and open to look at our bodies 
and look at the impact and look at, you know, add layers of context to help us understand why our bodies may respond the way they do or why we may think the way that we do so that we can have more understanding and validation for ourselves and what we've gone through. And also so that we can stop any patterns of gaslighting in the future. Okay. And so the thing is too, is like a lot of times the system of self-talk, the way that we treat ourselves with respect to self-gaslighting, that comes from what we've internalized in cultures and communities and familial dynamics that we've been a part of. And so that's why I'm going to talk about these different styles so that you can just kind of sit and see if any are resonant with you in your lived experience, and it may provide some validation for you. And bringing awareness and clarity into, you know, your family of origin and your current intimate relationships or partnership can do a lot to help restore healing and belief in your lived experience, which can only support you in healing from trauma or feeling connected to your true self to continue to feel safe enough to step into new paradigms of existence. So Dr. Nicole LaPera gave five examples of gaslighting that I thought could be really helpful to discuss here. The first is a chronic lying. So, you know, being in a relationship where there's a pattern of lying and then once that person is caught in a lie, instead of being open and, and you know, having some accountability, your own character is attacked for, for whatever reason, okay? Another is chronic blame. Anytime you have an issue, anytime you bring something up, Anytime you are trying to maybe change a certain dynamic or pattern that isn't supportive of, of what you're wanting in your relationship, rather than taking accountability for one's behavior, it gets turned on you, right? If you hadn't done this, then I wouldn't have done this. Another one is narrative creating. This one is really fascinating. I'm sure it happens in couples. And where I also see it is in families where people tell stories of the past, Okay a pattern of recreating a new narrative about how events went that doesn't actually match up with the events. <laughs> Sometimes it's to make one person the victim while the other person may question their insanity. And other times the way that I see it is people are made into villains when that's just not how it went. So I think that was kind of fascinating. Chronic objecting. When you talk about an issue or try to hold a person in a partnership or relationship accountable, they may switch the topic or try to throw you off course, okay? So if you come away from conversations where you feel like you've just gone in circles and feel a little defeated, it could be something like that. This one, I really, really like reputation smearing, a pattern of gossiping and discrediting a person in order to get people on their side or to get sympathy. This can give someone a sense of power over your reputation and how people perceive you. I think that one's really fascinating because a lot of times as we are stepping into our own as women and men, breaking these patterns that have been passed down for generations, these unhealthy patterns and habits, people around us don't oftentimes like it at first and some don't like it ever. And a lot of times we get the most pushback from people in our family of origin are those closest to us, okay? And so I'm not saying this always happens and I don't want to scare you, but know that if you are trying to step into more of who you are and you're experiencing some of this, this doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It may just be more indicative of a pattern of gaslighting of some sort, whether it's from your family of origin 
a culture that you grew up in because there's plenty of that, especially in high demand religious spheres and in other cultures. Okay. Another interesting form of gaslighting that Dr. Janice Webb talks about is brutal honesty. She says that when someone declares themselves to be brutally honest, they get an easy out. And by adding the word honest after brutal, they're informing you that they're about to hurt you, but that you should not experience any hurt because they're just being honest. And that's a twist that's not only consuming and unfair, but it's also likely to make you feel that you're in the wrong for experiencing hurt. And then she says, this is gaslighting, okay? And what that can sound like is, you brought this on yourself, you wanted my opinion so you can't be upset, no offense, but not to be rude, but different things like that. And she actually has another article. I'll try to have my assistant post it in the show notes about four types of gaslighting in a family and it's in psychology today. I'm just going to run through them here briefly, but if you want to see it in paper form, you could go ahead and check there. So she talks about what she sees in families. These other types of gaslighting are like a double bind where parents send conflicting messages that put their children in a quote, double bind. Okay. So almost like no matter what you do, either your parent is unhappy or you are punished. So it's almost this lose-lose no matter what. And what can happen sometimes is this can impact us in adulthood because we might have a hard time taking other people at their word and feeling safe in more intimate relationships or in other relationships. So it, the impact can be that we may not, we may have a really hard time relying on anyone, including ourselves, because a lot of times, like I said earlier, is these systems that are modeled to us in cultures, religious cultures, families, different systems, we internalize them and, can, and start questioning ourselves, our own sanity and different things like that. And that's why becoming aware and having this context could hopefully be helpful for you so that you can just have a lot of compassion for yourself wherever you are, okay? Another type would be more you know, if you come from a more unpredictable or unstable family where one day you can go, you know, to a friend's party after midnight and it's not a big deal, but the next day they just think it's totally out of the question and they think it's ridiculous or you get in trouble for even asking or something like that. So again, there isn't a lot of consistency there. And then as you go into adulthood, you may feel like people are a mystery and it's hard to make sense of others. Um, and you might view your emotions as bad and have more trouble managing them, okay? And Dr. Janice Webb says, it's very hard to trust anyone because you believe people are, at their core, radically unreliable. And then I just want to go a step further and say that sometimes we internalize that as well, okay? Another type that we see in families is the picture-perfect family, where we grow up in a family where there's no room for mistakes or negative emotions or weaknesses, okay? The goal for the parents might be to only let the ideal image be presented to the world. And I see this a lot in religious spheres where anything vulnerable is just kind of like hidden and shoved under the rug. And unfortunately, as kids, then we internalize this idea that like, oh, we can't make mistakes and nothing's ever good enough. And as we go into adults, we may attempt to hide our emotions our feelings, especially, you know, even as we get into intimate relationships, we might just be really ashamed of 
these laws that actually are just a marker of humanity, okay? We may not believe that our emotions are important and we might be super, super critical of ourselves if we ever make mistakes. Another one that Dr. Jonas Webb says with respect to this impact is that you feel unfulfilled despite your achievements. The last one that Dr. Jonas Webb talks about is the emotionally neglectful family. And she says that this is the most subtle form of gaslighting in a family. And I can totally see why, because a lot of times people have a hard time even opening up to the idea that something happened. And so sometimes when we feel like we've grown up in this house or this family where we physically had everything we needed, we have a really hard time seeing the absence of emotional support because we don't even know that that was something to look for. Dr. Jonas says, since your emotions are the deepest, most personal biological expression of who you are, when your parents treat your feelings as invisible, irrelevant, or meaningless, or maybe you get scolded for even having them, you naturally feel your inner self erased or reversed. And then when your parents don't acknowledge or respond to your emotions, you are set up to doubt and ignore your deepest self. Okay? It seems like, I mean, I could be totally wrong, but it seems like a fair amount of people in adulthood today experience this in their childhood because what I see a lot when clients come to me is they feel like that they are a burden because they have a feeling. They feel really uncomfortable sharing their emotions and they might even question that their emotions are even real. So this whole idea of, you know, your emotions don't matter. When our emotions are some of the deepest, most personal biological expressions of who we are, it's almost like this, you don't matter. And then a lot of times we don't, know how to trust ourselves because we haven't learned how to access our emotions as a guide, okay? So we may feel alone and disconnected from others. And I wonder too, if I know a lot of men generally, not all men, but it seems like generally there is a difference in men being able to access emotions on these deeper levels. I wonder if with some of our belief systems about patriarchal belief systems, is this is a place where there's been a lot of disservice to men where we haven't thought that these men that are adults today had emotional needs as children. I'm not saying that that's the truth, but just makes me wonder about that because these systems that I talk about, like they, they affect men too. All right. So again, recognizing these gaslighting dynamics in one family can really, really help us connect, reconnect back to our inner self, our true self, our intuition, our essence our knowing and things like that. And sometimes just having this context is a step that kind of helps us get in that direction, okay? So if you're in a current relationship where you're wondering if you're experiencing any gaslighting or if you've been on the receiving end of this, I love the idea of just checking in and what it can sound like as you check in with your body is something close to something just feels off. Or you can't see it, but you can feel it. I love that. Because a lot of times what's modeled to us or what's taught to us, we internalize these, these ideas and it becomes our own little belief system within ourselves and our body. And so it might be normal to not trust your judgment or your opinions. And it might be normal for you to be pretty curt with yourself and tell you about all the things you should do. Okay. You may 
tell yourself that you're too sensitive. And if you get upset, just get frustrated with that idea and tell yourself that you're being too dramatic or that maybe that didn't happen. Maybe I'm just too emotional. Another one, if you find yourself apologizing, like profusely apologizing and just always thinking that you're wrong when something goes off, that could be an indicator that you've maybe internalized this at some point in your life. It doesn't always mean you're in an actual relationship with someone in that way in that moment. But a lot of times we just internalize these beliefs and it can become a more automatic narrative going on in our bodies or in our minds that we're not super aware of. Or if you notice yourself talking down to yourself or treating yourself really badly. So be on to yourself and think about different things that you might be saying. I shouldn't be doing this. Or maybe I'm too emotional. That never happens. I'm so dramatic. Another thing that I see too with clients is the self-gaslighting comes when we are setting boundaries. Okay, we're setting boundaries and people don't like it. <laughs> we set boundaries to create like an emotional border fence line around ourselves to self-protect. And then when we do that, what's the language that we're telling ourselves when we get feedback from people? So if you notice yourself setting boundaries and then defaulting to this, I'm too sensitive, there's something wrong with me. Why is this hard for me and not others? Know that that's normal and that possibly coming up, not because it's true, more likely because of the way that you've been socialized or stuff you've been conditioned to believe about yourself or women who decide to take up space in the world. So the reason that I'm talking about this is because in my smaller groups, we have, we have sections on grief and we have sections on clarity and discovery. And context is so important when it comes to understanding our lived experience. And what I notice is sometimes when we grieve or when we set boundaries is this can creep up as we're learning to kind of establish like our own territory again, establish our rightful territory as women in this world or as people in this world, this narrative oftentimes comes up. And so I wanted to talk about it so that you can be aware of it, whatever you're doing. And if you need more support with it, you can get support for it in any of the programs that I teach because it's that important. So if you can relate to any of this, I hear you, I see you, I'm here for you and solidarity, humanity. There are ways to get help. You know, sometimes just noticing it is enough for it to clear. But if you can resonate with this stuff and you notice that it's there, but it's not going anywhere, it might mean you just might need a little bit more support to unwind some of these belief systems as well. I want you to know that if you want to unwind them, that desire is there because it's possible. Okay. And this self-gaslighting, I care about it so much because it keeps us small as women, as people, as humans in this world. And that's not what we're meant to be. We're not here to support others and, and be the moons revolving around a bunch of other suns. We're not here to revolve around everyone but ourselves. You are a sun too. Everyone is equally a sun. And of course, we can set up support systems for ourselves with other people in the collective, but that doesn't mean that we aren't supposed to take up space as well. And so I want to address this so that if this is something that's holding you back from taking up your rightful place on this earth, let's clear it up. All right. Take care. Have a great day. Hey, come and join us. 
in this revolution. Gotta crawl before we walk this in evolution. So are you ready to become a part of our forever community of trauma-informed coaches? Go to lindsaypullman.com and see if my advanced certification is a fit for you. And we ready to heal this what we pursuing. Coaches change lives, this what we doing. This the place to be, no need to panic see. We got each other's backs in this healing community. Wanna know the facts? It's simple. When we coming together, yeah, we got unity.